0: Couldn't believe it. I mean, the first thing they did, like you've just said, is um, age. What are you doing that for at your age? But I want to keep going as long as possible. It's about allocating resources in the right way, utilising the levy effectively, ensuring entry-level apprenticeships are supported. Apprenticeships originally are all of a tool of social justice and trying to give an opportunity to everybody, and we can't forget that.
1: I've had that just desire just to push on and get to where I want to be. And when this application came up, I just was myself. I knew what I was capable of and what I can do.
2: A lot more
0: needs to be done to support small businesses, particularly we're in very much a small business economy now. You know, if you've got a good company behind you, you've got a good training department who give you as much support as is humanly possible, then I think, you know, in all honesty, you should go for it.
2: There are so many more pros than cons to apprenticeships. And please, please always consider it. It is totally worth it. It's actually changed my life, really.
0: Welcome to All About Apprenticeships, brought to you by the HomeServe Foundation. Now, I'm Georgie Frost, and in this episode, we're talking about making a career change. Now, in the last episode, we caught up with the BBC and we spoke to former BBC apprentice Annie, who told us how she swapped a career in finance for one on the studio floor.
2: I became an apprentice when I was 49 because my background
0: is finance. I didn't want to do it anymore. I had done it for over 20 years, and that was enough. And I I, I fancied something different. I always wondered how TV worked, you know, how does it all work? How do you put it all together? And so I applied for the apprenticeship. I didn't get in the first time. So I I tried again. And it's just opened up the whole world of, of production and broadcasting to me why is an apprenticeship the best way to make that change? We'll get into that shortly and we'll be hearing about the brand new Get the Jump initiative from the Department for Education. But before that, just a reminder that we're now well into our series three of this podcast. So whether you're thinking of a career change, just starting out, or you're a business considering taking on an apprentice, take a listen to previous episodes for lots of useful information and advice. There really is something in there for everyone. You can find us on the HomeServe Foundation website or in your usual podcast places. Now, in a moment, I'll be speaking to Amy Maron, British double Paralympian, world and European champion and Paralympic bronze medalist, who retired from swimming aged 21 to focus on her legal career and her, a paralegal apprenticeship. But before that, here's Anna Morrison with some advice on changing lanes.
2: Hello, my name is Anna Morrison and I'm the founder and director of Amazing Apprenticeships. I think apprenticeships are a really fantastic way for individuals to be able to change career and so I'm just going to set out a few of the reasons for you today. So first of all, even if you're already qualified in something else, as long as the apprenticeship is sufficiently different to what you're qualified in, then it should be able to be funded. So for example, if you've got a degree in history and you want to retrain as a nurse, that would be classed as sufficiently different. With the apprenticeship, 20% of your paid time will be undertaking what's called off-the-job training. So this is paid time where you will train and develop your skills. So within that 20% of the time, you could be spending time with your training provider or you could be spending time with colleagues in the workplace. But having this structured time within your working week as paid time is one of the big changes that the government has made to apprenticeships in improving the quality of the offer. As an apprentice you won't pay for your training so the costs of the apprenticeship training will either be covered by your employer or by the government or a combination of the both. So this means you could be studying through an apprenticeship all the way up to master's level and you won't be incurring the training costs. As an apprentice you'll be earning a salary so that salary will depend on the role that you're doing and your employer but the fact that you're going to be earning a salary whilst being able to retrain or reskill into a new area is a really good thing. And I think one of the very best things about apprenticeships is the progression opportunities. So once you're on that journey of learning your new skill, you'll be able to progress through the levels and potentially move into management or even senior leadership if you want to.
0: Amy, welcome to All About Apprenticeships. Let's start, shall we, with your Paralympic career. Goodness me, you've achieved so much by the tender age of 21 and then you retired. (laughs) <laughs> retiring at 21 goodness me how did you get into swimming
1: i mean yeah re- retiring at 21 it definitely sounds um like everybody's dream um for me getting into swimming was a total accident um it was one of those things that i just happened to be good at it was a hobby i enjoyed and i i was really lucky to go very far in it i started swimming at the age of 4 following a family holiday to australia we lost my granddad unfortunately on the flight home
2: um, from nice. the holiday
1: so my granddad's legacy to me, so to speak, was learning to swim, being able to swim confidently, safely. And like I say, from that point on, it was a complete whirlwind.
0: Goodness, and what a legacy. Uh, you He left and you've left. Um, you're not shy of hard work. I've interviewed a few uh, Paralympians and Olympians and the schedule is gruelling. So it set you up, I guess, for anything after 21
1: I I agree with that, definitely. Swimming, I would argue, obviously I am biased, but I would argue is one of the toughest toughest sports in that it is a 24-7 lifestyle. You cannot afford to switch off. Um, From the moment I went to sleep to the moment that I woke up was the only time that I wasn't technically a swimmer. Even then, you have to take into account recovery, nutrition. A lot of my swimming career, I was still studying. So I was either in secondary school doing GCSEs or I was at A level. Um, Towards the end of my career, I was doing my first apprenticeship. But I do think that a career in sport has set me up very well in terms of time management and just having that discipline to get stuff done. Mm.
0: While sports people do have a a shorter career span than perhaps the rest of us, 21 is young to retire. How did you know? that it was the right time. What made you make that decision then?
1: I think when you are um, thinking about any career, and this is not just a career in sport, this is a professional career too, you have to consider, is my passion still in the thing that I'm doing? Have I achieved everything that I'd set out to? How much further can I go? And I did come to that crossroads of my swimming. I sat there, as you say, at 21. Um, I had won my British titles. I'd won my European I only wanted to go to one Paralympic Games. I ended up going to two Paralympic Games, um, coming away with a medal, which was a complete bonus. So I thought, where do I actually want to go from here? And the answer was I'd achieved everything that I'd wanted to. For me, I didn't need that gold medal, that very top uh, to be the pinnacle of sport. i I achieved everything. Um, and I did get this fantastic opportunity to start my apprenticeship. So it was just a case of weighing up what is my future going to look like now? And it was a hard decision, a very hard decision. I'd equate it to leaving a job. Um, It's never done easily. But so far, I think it's been the right decision for me, without a doubt.
0: I've never won a bronze Paralympic medal in any of my jobs (laughs) or a British champion. But still, um, have you always wanted to be a solicitor? Was the law always in the back of your mind? What was the thinking behind that?
1: It's funny you ask this. So I can only really remember making one main decision about careers when I was younger and that was in relation to my swimming career um at 10 I stood in front of the tv whilst the Beijing Paralympics was on I saw Ellie Simmons compete she was 13 she'd won her two gold Mm. medals she was just this absolute star in my eyes so I knew at that point I wanted to be a Paralympic swimmer but I can't pinpoint the exact point in time when I decided, oh, I want to be a lawyer one day. Um, I talk about this often with my mum and I did GCSE law. I really, really enjoyed that. But I don't think there was ever a time when I turned around to them and said, this is what my goal is going to be. So I think with this career change, it's been a bit of potluck really. Again, I've found something and I've fallen something that I've really enjoyed doing. Have you thought about what area I think oh, that's such a hard question. The beauty sorry. of being an apprentice and, and especially being in my position, I'm in-house. Mm. I am exposed to so many different areas of law and I still feel too junior to make that decision, as silly as it sounds. I definitely prefer being in-house because I do have the advantage of chopping and changing. At the moment, probably data protection, employment law, um, purely because that the people that supervise me in those areas are so, so efficient and they're so fantastic at their jobs. So I think naturally when you're around people like that, that passion and that drive does rub off on you.
0: Why do you think an apprenticeship was the best route for you to go down? Because there are other ways to get into law.
1: There are, absolutely. There's very traditional routes. Um, you can go in at all different levels in law. You don't necessarily have to be a qualified solicitor. Whenever I talk about my apprenticeship, I'm very conscious that it sounds like I am feeding people just the pros and never the cons. But so far, I haven't come across anything that's put me at disadvantage. Um, I think for me personally, the be- it's been the best route because at the very start, it worked in harmony with my swimming career. Um, It then progressed into being something I really enjoyed. So straight away, that's a no-brainer. It's the best route for me. But also, it just shows that you don't always have to be the most academic person. The fact that you can provide, you can start your career by combining both your academic and your practical to create this hybrid working relationship, so to speak, is so fantastic. As well as that, you take into account the obvious that you are able to earn a wage, Um, there's no tie to a student loan, which I know definitely turns some people off of going to university. And the absolute cherry on top of the cake is the fact that you are around professionals in that profession, in your industry. Every single time you go into your office, every time you log on for work, you're supervised by people that are the best at what they do. So why else would it make sense to go any other route? Um, As I say, that is me personally. I do appreciate that some people still choose university. Some people choose to go straight to work. But for me, combining and creating that hybrid um, relationship has been the best decision I've ever made
0: talk me through the process so you retired at 21 can I ask how old you are now I am
1: 23
0: 24 in August so when did this the the process of um, getting into law start how did you do it what have you done so far where are we at now
1: so as I say I did GCSE law um it, it Uh, at GCSE level obviously at secondary Mm -hmm. school I then dropped it and went to sixth form I went to a very very what I would describe as a very traditional sixth form in that um, the only real opportunity for higher education that we were told about was going to university doing the three or four year programs getting your degree and then hopefully going into a successful job and career further down the line Um, After coming home from Rio, I started at university, very much followed that textbook path that I'd been told at sixth form, um, got there in September and decided that it was not for me. I was not enjoying it. I wasn't enjoying the program. I'm very much a home bird. So being away from home, I was really out of my comfort zone. So my career in law didn't really start until I got back from university and I sat down with my parents. We had a very open conversation about next steps. I made it clear that I had no intention to be a full-time athlete. I wanted to to continue education. Education, is something I've always enjoyed. I enjoy learning. I enjoy practicing, um, learning, and enjoying new things. So my sort of legal career started the February of 2017. I went into a two-month, uh, two-year, sorry, paralegal apprenticeship. And then luckily enough, got offered the Solicitor Apprenticeship after after that.
0: So it's quite a long journey, isn't it?
1: It is a long journey. And this is where the, the apprenticeship, I don't really think, puts you at any disadvantage to the usual um, way to qualify as a lawyer. So it's exactly the same in terms of how long it takes you to qualify. The only thing that sets them apart is that with an apprenticeship, you are working full time um, and your academics almost become... Not secondary to that, but they run parallel to that. Whereas if you were doing a law degree, it would very much be your academics come first and then the practical side, i.e., your training contract follows.
0: So you're now four years into your six year level seven solicitor apprenticeship with the in house legal team at BPP. They're the education provider. I mean, how is it going? You've said you, you can't find any cons, nothing.
1: So yeah, four years in, four years out of six, I would say the only con is that a, an apprenticeship has, you have to be very self-driven to achieve an apprenticeship. I describe it as a bank account. You put in as much as you're willing to get out. So it really is a question of how hard am I willing to work to get the grade that I want? Is the, refl- if the work that I'm doing going to reflect what I'm fully capable of? So maybe I would say that's the only con is that the onus is very much on you as the apprentice to maintain your workload, to make sure your uni work's getting done and your full-time work isn't suffering as a result and vice versa. Also, sometimes around exam time, it can be tricky to find time for yourself. And that's something I'm very vocal about, but it does come with practice. So the first year I struggled more than the second year. The second year was a lot easier. Um, It's peaks and troughs, but it's just one of these skills that you pick up. It all comes down to time management. And like I say, how much you're willing to put in.
0: Which goes back to what we were talking about uh, with your swimming is you're probably just not someone who's a, who struggles with self-motivation with early starts with hard work. So actually you're probably well suited for this. I imagine what do your days look like at the moment? How much work training is involved? What proportion? So, days
1: vary. Days definitely vary. I, I'm in-house, like I said, so the beauty of being in-house is the fact that every single day is different. Sunday I might have a day of archiving. Um, last week, for example, we're moving offices, so I had a bit of a more relaxed day where we could go through all of the stuff that we were keeping on file. That was really nice. Um, in comparison, yesterday was an extremely busy day. A lot of people in the business were either just returning from their Easter break or preparing for the long bank holiday weekend. So our inbox, our joint legal inbox was very, very busy, lots of queries to get round to. So as a result, my inbox, my personal inbox and the work I've been allocated um, has definitely taken up this week. Um, and then today, for example, I had an exam this morning and then I'm working this afternoon. So as an apprentice, you have to be prepared that days can be different and I think it's fantastic being so junior and you get exposure to these so many so many different queries matters and you're given the responsibility there's trust there to take on these matters as your own.
0: I mean this is hard for you to answer because you don't know any other route but do you think you're treated slightly differently at all?
1: I think it depends who you speak to. If I'm being honest, I do think there are some people that still see apprenticeships as, um, or apprentices in particular, as those that weren't very successful in getting into uni, so they've had to go to uh, down the apprenticeship route because that's the only option left to them. Alternatively, I think there's people, particularly within in the legal industry, that are really embracing this new way of learning and embracing the fact that in a couple of years' time, as the popularity of apprenticeships grow, we are going to have this fantastic dynamic workforce that are able to offer you academic knowledge as well as practical knowledge. Um, and I do think that hopefully that that momentum will continue. I mean, it's come a long way since I feel even since I left Sixth Form. When I left Sixth Form, I was under the impression that apprentices were only in trade, so plumbing, electricians. My dad was a painting and decorating apprentice when he was 16. And you skip forward six years to now, um, you can be a qualified nurse, a qualified lawyer. There's so many different avenues, and I really do hope that keeps going.
0: Tell us about this new initiative, Get the Jump.
1: So the Get the Jump campaign I'm collaborating with the Department of Education on. It was launched early this year, and it's just there to help guide young people and help them and educate them to make the choices to choose something that's right for them um, once they leave school at 16 or 18. I think it's fantastic. Personally, I wish that I had been aware of it when I was younger. Um, I chose to get involved, especially, like I say, because I wish that was there and I could have started my apprenticeship journey a little bit earlier. The website is a government website. You're able to log on. There's It lays out all of the choices for you. I wish I could, could share my screen with you, T-level apprenticeships level seven apprenticeships traineeships it's just opening this idea that you don't and open the conversation that you don't have to know where you're going right now but it's okay to put that on hold explore your options and then maybe push it further down the line or take time to appreciate your options indeed Um,
0: finally what would your advice be to anyone thinking of a career change
1: I would personally say, make sure you reach out and utilize the resources to you. I've already ju- um, recommend, recommended the Get the Jump campaign. I would also use sources such as the National Career Service. They've got a web chat function, which enables you to talk to a career advisor, speak to friends, family, speak to career advisors at school, if, they, if you have the option to do so. Just really try and get a better picture of, what do I enjoy? What am I good at? And where can I go from here? Don't just think you're isolated to one choice like I did and then happen to fall and stumble into something that you really enjoy. Try and educate yourself from the start and, and really utilise the, the potential of your future.
0: You say you fell, but I don't want you to diminish the the magnitude of the decision that you made. Yes, you were a younger age, but you know there will be a lot of people listening probably not very happy in their jobs thinking I, you know, or thinking I could have been a solicitor and, you know, maybe it's not too late, but it's, it's that difficult decision that needs to be made. What, if any advice do you have to make that choice?
1: I would say there's two pieces of advice, and this is exactly what I do. I would say have an honest conversation with yourself, as silly as it sounds. Sit down and think, am I enjoying this? Am I good at this? Could I be good at something else? Is there another passion that I found? Um, I would say that career changes are not that rare. There are a few career changing apprentices, even within my cohort. So don't take into account age or your background, anything like that. And then I would say, make a pros and cons list. I make a pros and cons list for everything. And it actually started because of this this deci- this decision to switch from sport to a professional career. There is no harm in setting out the good and the bad of each decision that you make. And I, sometimes I feel stepping back and putting your words on paper suddenly makes a decision so much more um, transparent.
0: Fantastic advice. Uh, Amy, thank you so much. We wish you well in your future chosen career thank you also to anna and to you of course for listening to this episode of all about apprenticeships if you want to get in touch to have your say on anything we've been talking about today you can find the HomeServe foundation on twitter at hsv underscore foundation just use the hashtag all about apprenticeships and if you've enjoyed this episode please do leave a rating and hit subscribe it helps other people find us